Welcome to the Frederick Seventh-day Adventist Church podcast, your place for positive, uplifting messages of hope. To learn more about the church, feel free to drop by frederickSDAchurch.org. In part three of his series entitled, It's a Heart Thing, Robert Quintana shows us how to worship God with our money, finances, and resources. And he warns against putting the created before the creator. As most of you already know, uh, we are in the middle of a sermon series on stewardship, particularly a sermon series on money. Not the stewardship of time, not the stewardship of talent, but we are talking about the stewardship of finances. Because as you read through the scriptures, you quickly realize that your relationship with money, my relationship with money, is a barometer of where my relationship is with God. Is prayer an important thing? Is prayer important? All right. Does anybody want to guess how many Bible texts are dedicated to the subject of prayer? Anybody? There's a lot of verses in the Bible. How many? 300, a little bit more. Just over 500 verses are dedicated to the subject of prayer in Scripture. How about faith? Is faith an important thing? It is, right? How many texts do you think are reserved for the subject of faith in Scripture? Anybody? 600? Actually, just under 500. Now, is money an important thing? Yeah, we hesitantly say, yeah, I guess it is. I know he's setting us up for something. 2,300 verses talk about money and possessions. And as I've already told you, two-thirds of the parables of Jesus deal specifically with money and our possessions and our relationship to it. It is very, very important. And this is why the Bible spends so much time on this subject. Because as I have entitled my sermon series, it is a heart thing. I'll remind you of the text that kind of sets the parameter for everything that we're studying. That where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And because it's a hard thing, because it is so important, because it is a barometer of where your relationship is with God, it is why it is vitally important that we continue to talk about and discuss and study what the Bible has to say about money, about finances, about our, about our possessions. Our first sermon on this series, if you remember, my homiletical idea, my main point was that God will provide. You need to understand that. You need to understand the big picture, that when we're dealing with money, when we're dealing with finances, when we're dealing with our possessions, with the things that we have, with the things that we don't have, you need to understand one thing, that God will provide. The second thing we talked about was that we must put God first. Do you remember that? That was two weeks ago. Very short, homiletical idea. We must put God first. 
Well, today, very simple, and it's very short, and it's simply this. Worship God. Worship God with your finances. Worship God with your money. One of the first things I did when I stepped into this role as senior pastor is that I changed in the bulletin. I don't know if anyone paid, paid attention or noticed. I changed in the bulletin where it says call, to, call for offering or where it said offertory. I changed it to say worship in giving. Today, we're going to talk about worship God with your resources. Worship God with your money. Now, You're not going to hear me talk about worship again until the very end of my sermon. Which makes it a little bit dangerous because I need you to stay with me and hopefully I'll be able to bring everything together at the end. But you're not going to hear me talk about worship anymore. And you may think that I've gone off subject, but you need to stay with me because hopefully I'm going to bring it back together at the very end. But we're going to talk about money. And the relationship that we have with it. I'd like for you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter 20. It was our call to worship this morning. Exodus chapter 20 verse 17. I'm reading from the New King James Version this morning. Exodus chapter 20 verse 17. Now for you Bible scholars out there. Where are we? We are where? Exodus chapter 20. Ten Commandments. And verse 17 tells us the tenth commandment. So here we are, Exodus chapter 20, verse 17. This is what it says. It says, you shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male servant, nor his female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is your neighbor's. Now, when we first read that text, we can kind of read right by it and go, well, I have that one down packed, don't I? I have that one pretty secure, pretty locked. You can check that one off the list. I really don't have any problem, you know, coveting what my neighbor has or, or anything that, that my family might have. And so we kind of tend to say, I can check that one off the list. But the reality is that when you go beyond the letter of the law and you look at the spirit of the law, you will see how it affects every single one of us. And today we will be challenged as we look at the spirit of the law. You know, if I was to kind of put this into modern language, it would probably read something like, um, you shall not covet your neighbor's house Shall not covet your neighbor's townhouse or mansion or apartment. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or husband. You shall not covet the male servant or female servant if they were to have a butler or a nanny. If they were wealthy enough to have those kinds of luxuries. You know, don't don't covet the fact that they have a a financial um, advisor. Don't, Don't covet his ox. Now, what did they use oxes back then for, right? To to plow, to acquire money, to to acquire wealth, right? It was a tool. Yeah, I've coveted some some craftsman toolboxes that I've seen in people's homes before, right? Don't covet 
their donkey? Mode of transportation? <laughs> oh, now it's getting a little bit more personal. Yeah, I was all right not coveting someone's donkey. Who wants a donkey for crying out loud? But don't cover, covet their mode of transportation. Don't covet anything that is your neighbor's. Now, what does the word covet mean? What does that word mean? What, what does it represent? You know, there's a lot of definitions out there. But, but if, I, if I was to boil it down and, and put it very simply, it means this. It means desiring something that isn't yours. It means to desire or want or, or covet. Some, some definitions will say to burn with passion for something that isn't yours, for something that doesn't belong to you. That's what it means to covet. And so the Bible time and time again tells us do not covet, do not desire what, it is, what is not yours. But it's interesting. Does this mean I shouldn't desire the things of God? Does this thing, does this mean that I shouldn't desire for, for a greater uh, opportunity for my family and for myself? Does this mean that I just sit around at home and, and do nothing? You know, what's interesting is that this word covet is a lot like other words in the Bible, like anger. You know, we think of anger as being a bad thing, right? But the Bible says, be angry without sin. And the Bible talks about righteous indignation. In other words, there is a a proper way of showing the emotion of anger. The Bible talks about jealousy and it talks against jealousy, right? But the Bible also says that God is a jealous God. The Bible also talks about how we should be jealous towards God. So apparently there is a, a proper context in which we can experience that emotion of jealousy. And the same is true of covetousness. The Bible says don't covet. But there's another part in the Bible that says it's okay to covet. Let me prove it to you. Turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Check this out. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 31. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31. This is what it says. But earnestly, now my version says, now earnestly desire the best gifts and yet I show you a more excellent way. Now I know that there are some versions out there that say, but earnestly covet. The word desire here is the same word used for covet. So the Bible says, listen, It's okay to covet as long as you're coveting the right things. So you have two camps here. You have two camps. On this side, on this side, you can covet the things of God for his honor and glory. Did you hear that? On this side, you can covet the blessings of God, the gifts of God, the things of God, the characteristics of God. You can desire for those, you can desire those things, covet those things for his honor and glory. Or you can be on this side, you can be on this camp that desires and covets 
earthly things, earthly possessions for your own honor, for your own glory. Huh. Interesting, isn't it? C.S. Lewis, in one of his books, he writes, and I paraphrase, he says that all emotions and passions and all desires come from God. Where we get in trouble is how we use it. When we use it outside of how he intended it to be used is when we get into trouble. And so on this side, we can covet the things of God. We can long and desire for the things of God for his honor and his glory. But on this side, there is a covetousness that will be for earthly possessions, for the things of this world, for your own honor, for your own glory, for your own self-preservation. So I need you to keep those things in mind as we continue talking about covetousness. Now we read two weeks ago that the Bible says, beware, beware of all covetousness. Be careful. Do you remember the young man came to him and said, you know, my brother has this inheritance. Do you remember that story? And then he says to him, listen, wait a second. Beware of all covetousness. Beware of desiring something that doesn't belong to you. And time and time again, through all of scripture, we are reminded to be careful. Beware. Beware of covetousness because it can get you into trouble. Now, what kind of trouble, you might ask? What kind of trouble could it get you in? What kind of danger can coveting earthly possessions get you into? Well, here we go. Danger number one, you can forget to be thankful for the things that God has already given you. If you begin to covet the things that you don't have, or if you begin to desire the things that don't belong to you, the danger that you fall into is that you begin to forget the things that God has already given you. You, forget to, you, you begin to forgive, forget the blessings that he has bestowed on you. There was a man that was uh, walking down the street and he bumps into someone that, that he went to school with um, uh, 10 years ago. 10 years before in high school. And, and they started talking and after they got through the pleasantries, um, the, the man says to him, he says, you know, I, I don't mean to intrude, but, but why are you so depressed? I mean, why are you so down? Yeah, the man says, yeah, the weirdest thing. He says, three weeks ago, three weeks ago, I received a check in the mail for $10,000. $10,000 out of the blue. I get a check for $10,000. And the guy says, all right, and why are you depressed? I mean, I could use $10,000. What's going on here? He says, well, it gets weirder. He says, two weeks ago, a week after receiving that $10,000 check, I get another check in the mail anonymously for $40,000. What? $40,000? You're up to $50,000? And why are you upset? Why are you? He says, listen, it gets even weirder. He says, last week, I received another check. This time, I got a check for $100,000. And the guy's going, whoa, wait a second. You're up to $150,000. Tell me why you're upset. (sighs) I haven't gotten anything this week. 
We laugh, we chuckle. I laughed, I chuckled when I read that. But how true it is. We start focusing on the things that we don't have and we lose sight of the blessings that God has given us. You see, if we do not allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives and help us to get rid of covetousness in our lives, the danger that we fall into is that we begin to lose sight of the things that God has already given us. I heard someone once say, if the grass is greener on the other side, thank God that you have eyes to see the green grass. When you lose sight, when when, when you begin to want and desire and covet things that you don't have, the danger that you fall into is that you begin to lose sight of the blessings that God has given to you. What's another danger? Another danger that we fall into if we do not allow the Holy Spirit to transform our lives and, and help us overcome covetousness. What's another danger that we fall into? Another danger that we fall into is that you lose the joy of serving God. Let me say that again. You lose the joy of serving God. You see, because if your focus turns to earthly possessions or earthly blessings, then it becomes a task and it no longer is a joy to serve God. Because you start serving God because you want to receive the blessings, you know? I want to go to heaven. I want a mansion in heaven. I want to walk on streets of gold. I want, want, want. And then the service becomes a bore. It becomes work. And so we lose the joy of serving God. Two students making their way home after school every day would stop at the front of this elderly man's home and get out some sticks and bang on the trash cans. And they would just bang and, and they would just go for a little drum corps and they would just bang, da, 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 da. And the, the poor old man, he thought to himself, what can I do? What can I do to get these, these guys to stop banging on the trash cans? And he says, I have an idea. I know what I'll do. And so he goes out there and he says to the two lads, he says, listen, I love what you're doing. I mean, it, I just love it. In fact, I love it so much that I'm going to give you each 50 cents to play and, and to, to hit my trash cans. And two students looked at each other and said, all right, that's easy money, right? So every day after school, they would come by, they would bang on the trash cans. The old man would come out and give each of them 50 cents. Well, this went on for three days. On the fourth day, the old man came out and he said, sons, guys, I, I, I hate to break it to you, but the, the economy is really, really tough. The, the economy, it, I just, I don't have the money that, that, that I once had. I can give you guys, however, 25 cents a piece if you continue. They looked at each other and they were like, all right, 25 cents it is. So for three days, they'd come out bang on the trash cans. The old man would come out and give each of them a quarter. After three days of that, the old man comes out and he says, guys, the economy, I'm tight. I I just can't afford anymore. I, I can give you guys maybe 10 cents, 10 cents. 
And the two lads looked at each other and they said, what? Ten cents? We're not drumming for you for ten cents. And they ran off and they said, forget it, not for ten cents. Where had their focus turned to? It turned from the joy of hitting the trash cans to what? The earthly possession. And the same is true of our service in the church and our service to God. When our focus turns to earthly possessions, when it turns to the desires of our hearts, earthly possessions, and we say, God, I am doing this because I want to be blessed by you. Guess what? The danger is that we lose the joy. We lose the purity of serving God for simply serving God for who he is not what he does not what he gives me no I serve him because of who he is danger number one that we fall into if we do not allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives and help us overcome covetousness is that we tend to forget the blessings that he has given us danger number two danger number two is that we lose the joy of serving God. Danger number three. Danger number three that we fall into. If we do not allow the Holy Spirit. To, over, to help us overcome covetousness. The third danger is that it will ruin your relationships. It will ruin the relationships with your brothers and sisters in Christ. It will ruin marriages. It will ruin uh, relationships between father and daughter and mother and son. If you focus and desire earthly possessions and you covet those things, the danger is, is that it can destroy your relationships. Let me explain it to you this way. I need three volunteers to come forward. Three volunteers. Clay, you want to come forward? Who else wants to come forward? Come on. Three volunteers. Would you like to come forward? Come forward. I'd love for you to come forward. Paige, would you like to come? All right. Come here. All right. I'm going to need you guys to stand right here. All right. And I don't believe we've met. What's your name? Desiree, nice to meet you. Come on up. I'd like for you to stand right here. Now, here we go. I have three gifts here. Three gifts that I'm going to give away. All right? And I'm going to give these to you and you're going to get to take them home. They're yours to keep. All right? Now, I'm going to give them to you, but I don't want you to open them quite yet. All right? So, here we go. I'm going to give... Page this one. Don't open it. Don't look. Don't peek. I saw you were tempted. All right. Now I am going to give um, Clay this one. And Desiree, I am going to give you this one. You're welcome. All right. Now, in just a second, I'm going to ask you guys to open it. And you're going to see how this illustration is going to prove my point about how it can destroy relationships. All right. Page. Go ahead and open your gift and tell everyone here what it is. It's an iPod 
It's an iPod shuffle. Whoa. Not bad, huh? You're like, doggone it, I should have raised my hand. <laughs> See, that's why you don't want to miss church. No, ah, ah, no. See, I just enticed you with earthly possessions. That goes contrary to my sermon today. But I know that's what you're thinking. All right, um, all right, Clay, why don't you open your gift next? All right, what do you have there? It's a $15 gift certificate to iTunes. All right, the Apple Store. All right, so we have an iPod Shuffle, Apple iPod Shuffle, Apple iTunes gifts. All right, can you please open your gift? An apple. All right. I can only imagine the flood of emotions and thoughts that are going through your brains right now. How do you feel about your gift, Paige? Pretty good? Are you happy with it? Pretty happy with it, huh? How, are, how, how do you like your gift? Oh, you don't know what this is. Well, that's probably a good thing. All right. Well, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. And you don't know what the iTunes is. All right. Well, that's fine. Okay. All right. Well, that's fine. That's probably a good thing. You're happy with your apple. Isn't that great? Now, check this out. God has a much better system than I do. I just randomly did this. But isn't it interesting how it all worked out? But here's the deal. If you fall into the temptation of starting to compare yourself with what someone else has, what's the downfall? That relationship can be severed. That relationship can be damaged. Clay here could say, huh, that's not fair. She got an iPod shuffle and I only got a gift certificate. And Desiree could say, and I only got a measly apple. Luckily, she's happy with her apple. Do you want to trade? (laughs) But let me ask you guys a question. Let me ask you guys a question. If they have a problem with what they have received, who do they need to see? Who? Me. Right? Me. I was the one who gave it to them. It was me who distributed the gifts. And sometimes we receive gifts from God. We all receive gifts from God. And what we start doing is we start looking next to each other and we start saying, oh, I can't believe that they got a bigger house than I did. I can't believe they're driving a nicer car than we. I can't believe. And what happens when you start coveting the things that don't belong to you? When you start desiring the things that don't belong to you? 
the danger is that you can sever the relationships that you could otherwise have with your brother and sister in Christ. You guys can have a seat. Thank you so much. Thank you, Desiree. The danger that we can fall into if we start comparing ourselves with one another. And you see where the real issue lies? Do you see why this is a heart thing? Do you see why this is a barometer of where your relationship with God is? Because your issue really isn't with one another. Your issue's with God. You're upset with God. Really, what you want to say is, God, it's not fair. I deserve it. I want the kids. I want the, 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 the big house. I want the cars. And what you have done is that you have focused on the things of this world. You have focused and, and began to desire the things of this world. The things that, by the way, the Bible says thieves break in and steal. Rust will come and destroy. You have focused on the things of this earth that will fade away. Instead of coveting the things of God, the things of eternity, desiring to be more like God, desiring his gifts for his honor and his glory. This is why he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these other things will be added unto you. God will provide Put God first. Worship God with your money. Now, how is this a worship deal? I'm going to close with this text, and I'd like for you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Colossians. Colossians chapter 3. You don't want to miss this text. Jot it down. If you don't have your Bibles with you, if you have your Bibles, turn to Colossians Colossians chapter 3, verse 5. Therefore put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanliness, passion, evil desires, and covetousness, which is idolatry. And so here Paul makes the connection. Covetousness is idolatry. Why? Because you are putting the created before the creator. You are desiring the creation versus desiring the creator. You are worshiping the created Versus worshiping the creator. I pray that all of us here, through the power of the Holy Spirit, will ask God to cleanse us, to clean us, to to purge us, and say, God, I don't want to seek after anything else except you. I want to put you first in every area of my life, including my, my finances, including the money that you have given me. 
I want to put you first. I want to worship you with my finances. Our Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you and we praise you for who you are. And Lord, even in our relationship with you, we are guilty of sometimes worshiping you simply because of the things that you can provide for us. Lord, we fall into all kinds of danger when we covet after the things of this world. Give us a sense, give us a renewed sense. I pray for the outpouring of your Holy Spirit on our lives so that we can desire you. We can covet after you for the things that you give for your honor and your glory is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. No matter where you are on your spiritual journey, Frederick Seventh-day Adventist Church would love to help you along the way. They are a family-oriented, grace-filled church serving the Frederick, Maryland area. You can feel free to learn more about them at fredericksdachurch.org. For more podcasts, you can click on Sermon Audio. 